Welcome to uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon featuring singer Glenn Hughes. And of course, Glenn is one of my favorite, favorite people on this entire planet. He is just such an incredible, incredible person, incredible frontman. He's got a love and passion for animals, dogs, cats, the whole thing, just like me. And it's just, it's terrific. I, I love having Glenn on the, uh, on the show and of course, uh, some of you may or may not know, but I got to meet Glenn thanks to Kevin Debro of Quiet Riot. I was having this conversation years ago with Kevin, and he goes, you know how Glenn blah, blah, blah. And I went, no, I, I, I don't know how Glenn blah, blah, blah. I don't know Glenn. And he said, oh, oh, well, we're going to have to change that. And so sometime around 2000, whatever it was, 2001, two, he introduced me to Glenn, and uh, Glenn and I have exchanged emails since then, and we've spoken many times, and every time, every time I do an interview uh, with Glenn Hughes, it is compelling. He is a great storyteller. I mean, forget great vocalist and bass player and all. He's a great storyteller, and he's just so interesting and honest and upfront and the whole thing. And if you haven't checked out his book that he put out a few years ago, dude, go, go check that out because that's a great read. Uh, anyway, the uh, the band The Dead Daisies, now with Glenn Hughes, have a new single out called Unspoken. Do yourself a favor, go check it out. It's available right here on the uh, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon feed. You can dial it up and, and pay attention and play it loud. Uh, and, and you know what? We got, I just got to get into it. Y you can't go on and on and on about Glenn Hughes. All you got to do is listen to Glenn Hughes. So here he is, without further ado, the one, the only, the magnanimous, the affable, the everything that's nice in the world, Glenn Hughes. We are speaking with a singer, songwriter, vocalist, and all kinds of amazing things, uh, Mr. Glenn Hughes. Uh, bonjour, as we say in Montreal. Uh, Comment allez-vous? How are you? Good. If you, Good. If you insist, sir. Thank you. Nice to hear your voice. Yes, and it is always, always a pleasure to talk, but this time... It is different yeah. because we've talked about Deep Purple in the past, and we've talked about yeah. your book, and we've talked about Black Sabbath. But this time we're we're focusing on a new project. You are going to be do, or you've done a new album yes. with the Dead Daisies. Yes, new single is called Unspoken, out April seventeenth. If if people didn't mm -hmm. hear the news, great album, great. Uh, so let's let's just talk about that, and then we'll get into the single and what that means. But sure. But, sure. you know, you have this pedigree. You've done all that stuff. Use Thrall, one of the greatest albums ever made. The Dead Daisies approach you. you. Yeah, it is. And in fact, truthfully, I was having this conversation with former Guns N' Roses manager Alan Niven uh, was sure. it yesterday or the day before. And we were talking about the California Jam because that anniversary just came up. And yeah, he goes, he yeah, goes yeah. oh, Use Thrall, that is the greatest album ever. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, all right, Alan, I didn't know you would know that. But, of course, why would he not know that, you know? But uh, well, it's so sweet. Yeah, so let's... So sweet. But, so, the Dead Daisies, talk to me about this, because they've had singers sure. rotating in and out. Sure. What made yeah. you decide to, to join the band? So, let's go... And, by the way, everyone, this is the first interview I've done as a member of the Dead Daisies, so Mitch is getting the exclusive here, so I'm glad you got it, Mitch. So, what happened was, about a year ago, it was before Easter uh, last year. I got a call from David Edwards, the manager of the Dead Daisies, uh, asking if I'd like to take a meeting with David Lowy, guitar player of the Dead Daisies, uh, 
as he was coming to Los Angeles. So we met at the Sunset Marquee, had a nice dinner and a conversation about where he wanted to go with the band as John and Marco were leaving. And would I be interested in coming on board, et cetera, et cetera. We had a, a good long talk about all of it. Uh, he wanted me to come in and, and write songs for the album and and do what I do. I've been writing songs forever, as you know. It's one of the main things I do. I love to write songs. So I had a good think about it. Cut me a couple of weeks to have a good old think. Uh, as I, you know, I've been playing uh, solo for so long, uh, doing my own work and, and then going revisiting the Deep Purple catalog, as I have been for the last couple of years. And I thought it would be a great idea for me to do something different and i love being in black country community as you know it's a band i absolutely thoroughly enjoy being in so the band was off our, we, we couldn't tour so you know here i am thinking i need to do something else and when david lowey approached me and talked about what they wanted to do and how i could be used in the situation with my vocals and my playing and, and writing music, I, after a couple of weeks, I thought, yeah, I'll go to New York. And uh, last May, I went to New York and we, we, we played and we got together and it sounded great. Sounds fantastic. So, okay, so now we have this new single, uh, Unspoken. Uh, great, yeah. great song. I, I love the vibe. When you're making the album and then making this song, how much of it do you say to yourself, okay, I've got to be Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple and Black right. Sabbath, and it's got to... And how much of you says, you know what? I'm just going to experiment and be another Glenn Hughes. This will be another facet of who I am and what I do. So what happened, Mitch, after speaking with David Lowy last April, I went to my studio and I, I wrote eight, nine, ten songs, and Unspoken was the second song I wrote. And... You know, um, I was writing for the Dead Daisies. Uh, David Lowe wanted me to keep in the ballpark of what the Dead Daisies were and where the Dead Daisies, where he, he felt the Dead Daisies wanted to go, if you will. So I took that into consideration a lot. And I, I thought, you know, I started writing this music on uh, Holy Ground as well. And, and I, I thought, you know, we got to be playing this music and they've got a, a fan base. Uh, I respect their fan base, of course. And we wanted to make it sound like the Dead Days is currently, like the new Dead Days, if you will. So that was the, the ambition. And I think we did it, you know, uh, Unspoken. It's, I, I don't write about fiction. Uh, in, since I got sober in 1991, I've been writing about facts and the human condition. So... Unspoken most certainly is about letting go and walking through the fear and being able to breathe freely once again. And isn't it crazy or beautifully crazy? The songs I wrote for this album lyrically are, I think, you know, it's where we are right now. It's, it's kind of a feminine mission, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's beautifully bizarre. It is. Okay, so I, I, before I get on with more Dead Daisy stuff, you did mention the human condition. And so yes. I, just, I just want to quickly ask you about that, because you, of course, have worked uh, with Andrew Watt, who was in yes. California Breed. He's done Post Malone. He's done Ozzy Osbourne. And he right. was recently diagnosed with this COVID-19. Yes. Yes. 
Have yeah. you spoken to him since then? And do you have any comments just about what's sort of going on in the world right now? And then, you know, you have a guy that was in your band that's got it. Does that really drive it home where you go, oh, okay. No, you know, Andrew was the first one of uh, our friends that uh, contacted this, this disease. And he's young. He's only 29. God bless him. You know, and uh, he was able to 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 beat it. And uh, I'm very happy that he has done. My my feeling in general with this disease is, and I could go deep here, but I, I really believe the universe is speaking very loudly to us and, and clearly about lessons we must learn from this awful, uh, horrendous disease here, about how we, we must understand about the animal abuse and the killing of animals in the Far East and what have you. And, and I've been a vegetarian since the late 80s. And Gabby and I have been vegans since uh, 2016. So that's my spin on it. You know, uh, that's my spin on the whole situation, where it's coming from, the abuse of animals and the killing of animals and eating these animals and what have you. That's my spin. And I think a lot of people will feel the same way. Um, I'm not going out of my way to, to offend anyone, but that's my feelings, you know? So as you know, I am a songwriter, so this comes into my work and I have written songs in the last 25 years about this stuff. So here we are now on the release of, of Holy Ground, which is the album and the songs I wrote, some of it touches on what well, it all, it's all spiritually inclined for me. It's very rock anthem stuff here, but all my work is about the human condition, about love, faith, and fear, and hope, you know, and, and, and it's here right in front of us. And, and um, this, this time of our lives will be remembered, as you say, in the years to come, our kids and we'll be talking about this to their children. And um, uh, we have to stay together. And we will get through this. I know we will. Oh, yeah, we will. Listen, we, we've gotten through uh, everything through life. Spanish Inquisition, Spanish flu, uh, World War One, yes. World War Two, Great Depression. I, I mean, yes. we are a resilient being. And, and by the way, speaking of the whole spirituality, one of the beautiful things that has come out of the COVID-19, because there's been, of course, a lot of unemployment and devastation and death, which yes. just tragic. But every so often you see on the news these scenes of the dolphins going through Venice or the camels on beaches, and I think it was Morocco yeah. or Egypt or whatever, and, and these goats in the Welsh town, and you just go, look at that. Look I at know. That. And, and, and again, I live in Los Angeles, and, and the smog is gone. And, and as you can see, the skies over all the airports is clear and beautiful. And again, in my humble opinion, this was coming. You know, this was... A time, uh, this is, in my opinion, the great awakening. We've never been through anything like this in, our, in human history, in my opinion. I know 100 years ago we had Spanish flu and 50 million people died, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I know we've been through this, you know, generations ago. But here we are now talking about this. Uh, it's happening. Who would have thought this war and this, this war would come in this, this fashion and here we are now, all buckling down and all really, really taking direction. I'd say 98% of the people are doing that. And, you know, we have to stay home and we have to do all we can to honor ourselves and honor each other, you know, and, and 
and bringing ourselves together with our families and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And again, being able to breathe, freely able to breathe on this planet, this beautiful, glorious, beautiful planet which we live on. Oh, yeah. And, and it is... You, you, well, how can I put this? It was an occasion for anarchy to rule and people have come together. And that's another beautiful thing from what we're learning and going through, you know, because you would think, oh, it's all, you know, me for myself. And, and I'm not seeing that, at least not in, not, not in Quebec, not in Canada. I'm not seeing that. I don't no. know how it is everywhere else, but I'm getting a sense it's pretty much global that people are like, yeah, you know what? Let's just let's just do this together. Um, you know, it, it's difficult, Mitch, because we all watch the CNN or Fox News or whatever you you watch. You, you're going to get, you know, I, for myself, I have to t- keep the TV off. Um, it's something that it doesn't do us a lot of service looking at the TV all day long and looking at the numbers each each day. And it's uh, it serves us great not to do such things. Um, I spend a lot of time in my garden outside or walking around my house and uh, around the property um, in uh, beautiful California. And um, again, I, I say this to all the people around the world, friends or not my friends, I've never met you. Or We are all on the same playing field here, whether what you do in your life, whether you're a student, whether you're a whatever you do as, as a, in your life, as a job, I hate the word job, whatever you do as a career. How about your métier? How about that? Let's go we French. Are, yeah, whatever your muse, whatever <laughs> it is, you know, exactly. We are all digitally uh, connected now. We are all, I can feel the energy. You know, I meditate. Uh, there's a great uh, meditations going around the world right now. I've been doing that for quite some time in my life. And, um, spiritually preparing for what's coming. I, we really don't know. All I know is, is that we will get through this, but I can't look at the numbers and hear the numbers on the TV. I send all my love to everyone out there that's suffering or anyone that has had hardships and we're all having hardships. Let me tell you, I don't care what you do. It's not about money. It's about, it's about love and faith and hope here. And we must love and, and have faith and have hope for one another this is a global awakening for the love factor to come back into our lives, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a rock guy t- singing about love and, and faith. And he's, yeah, he's a, I'm a hippie, I can't help it. But the fact of the matter is, is it's, we have to have a lot of love in our lives. We can't, you know, I'm, I know that people are buying more booze than ever before. and People are buying guns in, in America, as you know, and it's not going to save us, you know. What's going to save us is love, faith, and hope. It really is. I'm not going to disagree with that, uh, but here, what I'm going to do is I'll, I'll bring it back to the dead daisies because, like you said, people sure. are tuning into Fox or tuning into CNN and they're hearing this stuff. So let's just give them something a little different. Um, mm-hmm. Favorite track on the album for me, and the album comes out later this year, Please. is a track called Like No Other Baseline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy mackerel. That is so, Well, that's it. I feel it too. I mean, you really feel this music. So... Um, talk to me a little bit about that song, and then I want to get yeah, into the more general uh, aspects of, of the Dead Daisies. I, I will. Um, just so just so you know, that Doug came over to my house, and I I'd written you know six or seven songs, and and we we demoed them in my in my house, and then I went over to his house uh, the following week, and uh, he had this um, this vibe. It's a vibe of in F sharp, uh, of of kind of a a groove, and I put my bass on and we just started jamming this thing and 
it, all it was was basically a jam at his house. And then when we got in the studio with Dean and David and Doug and myself, we just started to jam on that groove. And then th- it was very prevalent that the bass was right out the front. And I started singing out of nowhere, can you feel my bass line? And I was thinking, well, you know, let's see what happens. I was kind of chuckling to myself. Then I heard, you know, I did a rough, I, I always sing live in the studio when we're recording. And as I, I went back in the control room and listened to this, I'm going, you know something, this is kind of a, a really cool hook here, you know. It's a, a, a very, uh, it's a rock anthem, a very groove dance rock anthem, like nothing else right now. And this song took on a whole new attitude. And I think, if I may be so bold, this is what David Lowy wanted me to bring into the band was uh, something more current, if you will, something with groove um, and and uh, that voice that <laughs> I always talk about that voice, you know, where is he going to go with that voice? And where I go with that voice, I honestly don't know. It's just going to come out and it's very raw. Um, I don't sit behind a computer writing lyrics and lyrics and lyrics and lyrics for days and days and days. What I sing is coming right directly out of my heart and soul. And I, you know, we have to, you know, record it and then I go back and rewrite it. And, and what you hear, unlike no other, is pretty much as it was written in the moment, you know? Wow. Pretty much written in the moment. I, yeah, it's... Um, I, I wish I had moments like that. <laughs> well, you know something? I, I shake, I'm, I'm shaking my head talking to you about that moment for me. Um, I remember singing it and Ben Gross, our producer, was, he, he, I walked into the control room and he said, Man, that baseline thing you would do. They sing you know, there is a baseline. I'm actually, you know, grooving away in F sharp there. But I just thought, you know, I'll just sing, hey, can you feel my baseline? Thinking I'll throw that away. See what happens when I go in the room and listen to it. And I went, you know something? Like you're like no other. It was the title. Then can you feel my baseline? It's like something, I don't know, man, it's decades old, but it's new. It's something that is hasn't been done for a while. And I'm, you know, thinking to myself, and, I, and they were, all the other guys were going, you know something? We're feeling this too. So I'm glad you chose that, Mitch, because I think we all feel the same. Well, that that is, uh, I was telling uh, the powers that be in the Dead Daisies organization that that's got to be a single. Because that, that's... Hey, well, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this, but it will be. Yes. Uh, there's there's going to be a few tracks that are going to be designated as singles. We won't talk about those right now. But I can tell you that, like no other, will be a single simply because it speaks to people that it's a very catchy hook and it's a badass groove going on there. It really is and well-produced and it's just an in-the-moment raw piece of rock music that I sang pretty much live and I'm not one to stay in a studio for months and months and months and months singing one song. I'm a very live singer. Uh, if anybody knows me, that's what they know. And uh, it, it just we we sort of peeled it up, and we're we were all clapping for one another. We're all applauding one another. You know, it's a very good band to be in. There's a lot of camaraderie in the Dead Daisies. We're very good friends. It is my first album with the guys, as you know. And to spend a, a, a group of uh, we went to France a couple of times in the south of France to to make the album, and we finished it in Los Angeles in February. We were making this album for two or three months, and. We spent a lot of time in France, and it was great to, to wake up in the morning and have breakfast with everyone, then go to work, have some lunch, and have dinner, all in this incredible 
chateau. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't suck, does it, really? No, it doesn't. By the way, where in the south of France? Because my, my family's from the, the Antibes, Nice, you know, my, on my dad's side. Uh, were, were you in that part of the world? We were, we were about 80 kilometers north of Marseille in the province of Saint-Rémy. Oh, wow. Uh, and, it's not a bad place uh, to be, a, especially in it's January. A, it's, I mean, if you Google La Fabrique Studios in Saint-Rémy, Provence, you'll see this wonderful uh, 300-year-old uh, chateau, massive chateau, uh, with studio built in, huge, uh, a huge facility. And you've got a huge place where we cut the tracks. You know, We had a, an option of putting drums in three or four different rooms in the chateau. And we had the run of the whole place, and we all stayed there. Spooky. I had an incredible room, and my room was quite spooky. <laughs> but uh, it was filled with love. You know, I, uh, I, I'm chuckling when I say these things to you because the album was made before all this happened with what's going on in the world. And this track, yeah, anyway, you were talking about the, Like No Other, and I have to agree with you, we all really do dig this track. Thank you, Mitch. Yeah, it's a great track. So, all right, let me ask you this. Since you mentioned uh, groove and uh, rhythm section, you have Dean Castronovo uh, playing yes. with you. He, he, of course, did Ozzy Osbourne's, uh, one, yeah. of, one of Ozzy's, uh, what was it? Osmosis is what he did. Yeah. He yeah. sings like a mother. F he does. What does he, he does. bring to you, what you do? Because I, I don't know if you've had a, a singing drummer like that before that really I adds. I haven't. I have not. <clears throat> um, no, and it's it's amazing because when you look at Dean, you know, with Journey, when he, Dean got to sing some of the Perry songs, and you know, then he's got the Revolution Saints with Dog, and, and you listen to Dean, he's an amazing melodic singer. I mean, seriously, melodic singer, and it's a great bonus to have a drummer that can sing like that. And I love singing with Dean. And when we go out live, there'll be a lot of that going to happen. You know, because we just, we, I mean, Dean came to LA and sang BBs with me in late January, February. We have, such, I mean, Dean is a great human being. Let me tell you, you know, he's, he's, he, his demons, he's a great human being, kind, considerate man, love him to pieces. And what a beautiful energy he brings to the microphone. And, and uh, his drumming on the album is, is absolutely is incredible. Oh, it really is. And and Dean is one of the people I, I think I talk to the most. We text each other all the time. He's, he's as you said, he beat the demons and he's really, he's very loyal, which is, oh, you, you, which is you rare. Talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dean is a, a kind, considerate man, uh, generous to the core, uh, as everybody is in the band, by the way. And there are, look, Mitch, uh, there are no mistakes in this universe, what's going on right now. There's also no mistakes that I was asked to join this band. They asked me to come in. They needed someone and they wanted me to come in uh, as John and Marco were leaving and they had handed their notices in. And, you know, I said to them, after having dinner with, with Doug and, and, and David and getting to know them, I've known Doug for 25 years, as you know, I wanted to be... In this band, I wanted them to be my, I don't have any brothers and sisters, literally, physically, but I, I do like to have, look at people as family members. You can't really choose friends when you're <laughs> in this industry sometimes because they come and go. So 
I wanted to be in a band that was high on camaraderie and a lot of love and laughter. I got to have a lot of laughter in my life. So when I went to New York to, to jam with them after my GH tour finished in, I think it was uh, Michigan in early May of 2019, uh, we, we went to SAR for four days and we, we got it gone. And then we went into Sunset Sound in August to record Righteous Days, as you know. And, uh, and now we have, we started from there. It did. So, all right. So let, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, but I, I do have this question for you. What does touring with the Dead Daisies, once once we're allowed, of course, what is that going to look like? Is it a night of all the Dead Daisies music? Is it you singing some and, and Dean singing some? Is it the best of Deep Purple? How do you sort of see the band moving forward, keeping your fan base happy, but also keeping the right. Dead Daisies fan base happy? I believe that in general, in general, we are promoting a new piece of work. You know, we are. And, and I, I think, well, David, let's talk, David Lowy uh, said this is this, the best work he's ever done and the best work the Daisies have ever done. So the band in general, the management feel that we have to go out there and promote this piece of work, this piece of art, if you will, as it's a very strong record for this marketplace at this time, I believe, although people aren't releasing albums. And by the way, we will release this album at some point. You can imagine we're sitting on this album. And I think when we got the touring situated, and it's difficult to talk about that right now because we don't know when it'll happen, but we are kind of penciling things in and we will release the album when the time is appropriate, but we are ready to go whenever it's time. So, you know, as I say, I've known Doug for a long time and Doug has worked in my band uh, five years ago. We've traveled the world together. Um, and I feel that this band will play a lot of new music. We will play some older songs, uh, to tip the hat. Some, some of the older songs and we'll play a couple of cover songs. I think uh, a couple of them will be from purple. Um, the bigger songs, you know, so it'll be a tip of the hat to a couple of things, you know, but uh, in general, the daters will be going out promoting this new piece of work because uh, I think we all feel that this album needs an incredible shot to, to get out there so people can hear it globally. I agree. And I, I will say, I, I do hope and, you know, that burn will be part of it because Doug, when he played that with White Snake, was yes. just smoking on guitar, and of course, you're always smoking on the vocals, so that that's a given. And well, I think uh, bringing no, Dean yes. Dean Castronovo, and it's like, oh Jesus, that's going to be like yeah, well, burn you know, extra. I mean, I mean, I haven't been told what not to say, but I believe we will play burn. I mean, uh, Doug has played it with me, and he's played it with David, not you know, for many years, and we, you know, it's a song, you know that. I think I've played Black, I played Burnley Black Country Communion. It's an, and people, you know, it's a song that is, is built into my system. It's, it's, uh, I wrote that song with the guys in 1973. And it's one of those songs that you can pull off. It's a song that has got to be played correctly. And I think these guys can really pull it off. And, you know, uh, I know the way we play together, that we are bombastic, you know, players as well. So, it's a pretty dangerous song to do, so I believe that band, this band can cut it incredibly so. Oh, I believe so. And uh, we'll finish with this. What does this mean in terms of you 
doing the uh, tribute to, or not, not the the celebration of Deep Purple, not a tribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, your last solo album, Resonate, was 2016. What does this mean for you, the solo artist, and you doing the celebration? Is that on hold for a couple of years, or do is it sort of like, well, you know, a month this, can, a month that? You know, before this happened in in February, what is going on in the world right now, the COVID nineteen, I was still getting offers to do. Uh, touring the, the the classic purple songs uh, all over the planet, you know, and you know it's always something I can go back to. Uh, but I, I joined the Dead Daisies because they really wanted me to come in and 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 give it a, a great go, go. You know, and and I could see in their eyes and, and their souls. I could you know feel they wanted me to come in and and, and help with the cause. David Lowe is is so dedicated to keeping this band firmly afloat, and and I don't really do things in half measures. I I like to come into it and give 101. Um, percent And I believe we're doing. Look, we're all again all on the same page here, Mitch. We all want to deliver a great piece of work. It's going to uh, shockingly surprise a lot of people. Uh, the album is a, is a uh, it's a great record. I mean, it's difficult for me to say that I wrote this bloody thing with the guys, but I don't know, man. It's, it's an album that um, it's going to be uh, going to get a lot of listeners. So we're really, 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 really super happy. Yeah, and and you should be. I've heard the Holy Ground, and it just, and you know what? I'll tell you this: as a reviewer, or as a rock journalist, or even as a fan. When I get a new album, sometimes I'll listen to like the first 30 seconds or a minute of a song and then I'll move it on to the next just so I get a, a taste of it, you know. And right. this one, I put it on and I went through the whole whatever it was, 45 minutes or 50. I didn't take it off mm-hmm. and I don't do that often. You know, it's very no, rare. I don't either. I don't. Now, listen, I want to tell you, the song Far Away, the ballad I wrote, um, I wrote that at midnight on November the 2nd and I had to fly to France on the 3rd to start making the album and I didn't play far away until day six until the band had recorded four or five songs as I wasn't sure it was going to work then I started to read the lyrics out to myself at night and I'm singing about returning basically returning from a war and as I listen to the song now and I with what's going on in the world when I hear this song about returning to the war returning back home to the shore and I'm going well, this is just, again, a beautiful piece of music that needs to be heard. So when people hear it, it was written so from the heart. And when I played it to the guys in my bedroom, uh, like November the 9th or something, we all went downstairs and we we recorded it and it turned out to be a beautiful piece of music. Unlike anything that Dead Days has ever done before, by the way. And they have never had a uh, seven-minute sort of slower, and as you know, that big heavy riff in the middle of the song is really heavy. They've never had anything quite like it. But when I listen to the lyrics in that song about returning from the war, and it's something that will speak to many people, and I'm hoping they feel the love that I wrote there. I think they will, and I'm going to let you in on a little band secret. But Dean Castronovo loves that song. I'll say, hey, Dean, bass line is such a great song. He goes, yeah, but far away. And I'll say, no, no, 30 Days in the Hole. He goes, no, 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 far away. We've had this conversation. He loves, loves, loves that song. I I can't speak for him and say that it's his favorite, but I know that every time I've tried to 
compare I other songs. I think it is. He Mitch, back. I spoke to him. Yes, I spoke See? to him yesterday, and he hey. said, you know, he said the same thing to me. And uh, I, again, uh, whether I should be telling you this or not, I'll tell you uh, that you know, Far Away will be released as a single again uh, at some point because it's unlike we've ever had before. And I think. Every band at some point, as you know, regardless of, of the decade, has to have a, a song that is slower uh, with orchestration on this song is, is pretty amazing. So, um, again, this song is all about love and coming home and, 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 and family. Yeah, it is. And so uh, on that, let's bring the uh, let's bring the interview home. Uh, as always, uh, sure. merci beaucoup. Always, uh, always a Thank great you. pleasure. And Thank it's just you, it, it's, yeah, you're welcome. And, and it's just great to to talk about an album that just I'm really, really excited about. It really came out great. And and let's hope that it's one of many, not just a one off. I'm hoping that No, there's... no, no. We're we are we are planning uh yeah, it's difficult to plan anything these days, but the attitude and the vibe in the band, the camaraderie, which is very important to me by the way, the friendship and the brotherhood is very, very strong. And we have to look, everyone out there listening, we have to stay together digitally right now. I can't wait to see you and hug you and all that good stuff and sing for you. And 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 listen, everybody, if you had a bad day, put your headphones on to the music you desire, to the music that makes you feel free and, and press play and, and enjoy that moment because music is the healer. I've been saying this for decades, Mitch. You've known me a couple of decades. I've always said the same thing. Love is the answer and music is the healer. And let's rock and roll together. Absolutely. And I won't add to that because that is the best place to stop. Uh, merci, monsieur. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. God bless you. You too. This has been Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. For more exclusive content and interviews, subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many more. Follow Mitch on all the socials, especially Twitter, at Mitch LaFon, and on Instagram, at Mitch underscore LaFon. Get your Mitch merch now at loudtracks.com slash Mitch.